This episode of Writing Excuses has been brought to you by our listeners, patrons, and friends. If you would like to learn how to support this podcast, visit www.patreon.com slash writing excuses. Season 15. Episode 48. This is Writing Excuses, Deliberate Discomfort 2 with Mahatab Narsimhan. 15 minutes long. Because you're in a hurry. And we're not that smart. I'm Dan. I'm Howard. I'm Mahatab. And I'm Brandon. Awesome. We are uh, recording this live, and uh, when this airs, you will be able to go and look up a YouTube video and watch us do this. But right now, we're very excited to be talking about deliberate discomfort. And we did an episode on this topic earlier in the year that focused on writing things that are uncomfortable for your readers. Uh, Topics like sexism or racism or things like that that you know could be triggering issues for your readers and how to handle that uh, appropriately. And this episode, we are going to focus on writing things that are uncomfortable for you as an author. Maybe that is a sex scene, or maybe you've got a character who swears a lot, something that you're worried your mom is going to read or that a character does or thinks something that you would never say, but that your character does, all of those kinds of questions. So what I would love to start with is actually just asking our podcasters if they have some experience they want to share where they had to write something that kind of made them uncomfortable to write it. The best example I can offer from me is the piece that I wrote for the, uh, I've forgotten the title of it, the Robison Wells Benefit Anthology. Uh, Altered Perceptions? Altered Perceptions um, called No, I'm Fine, in Mm -hmm. which I was writing about a bad mental health episode that I had. And as I began writing it, it began to hurt. Um, I mean, it was actual physically painful. The, the sensation that I sometimes get when I'm depressed is that I am so sad that I'm feeling pain. It's, there's a physical pain associated with it. And as I was writing, I was excited to sit down and write because the story was in my head and I was good to go. But putting the words on the page was painful. Uh, Sandra and the kids, uh, we were taking a little spring break at a a cabin and they had gone to see, uh, they'd gone out to see the sights or something. They came back and Sandra took one look at me. It's like, what happened to you? It said, well, I wrote for two hours and this piece is done and it's beautiful. And please don't ask me to ever write this again because it hurt so much to do. After having done it, Um, pretty much all of the other things I'm afraid to write about because they make me uncomfortable. I sort of shrug off. I'm like, eh, when the time comes, I need to do them. I'll do them because I've already eaten the live spider today. Everything else is easy. (laughs) So to be clear for people who aren't familiar with that other anthology, this is, uh, kind of a first person perspective on, your own mental health issues and not wanting to have to rely on medication for them. Yep. Which was very painful to write. Um, and I can link to it in the writer notes. It's it's free for people to read now. So 
Awesome. Brandon or Mahatab, have you got a, an experience of writing something that was uncomfortable or painful to write? Uh, yeah, I can definitely relate to that. Uh, a few years ago, a friend, a writer friend had asked me to contribute to an anthology. And this is the only um, nonfiction piece that I've ever written. But it was about stories about fitting into Canada as, as an immigrant. And uh, I was like, yeah, sure, no problem. I'll write it. But as I actually started writing it, um, I just found myself being so vulnerable because there were so many painful things about fitting into Canada, uh, not knowing the people. Uh, of course, luckily, language was not an issue. But uh, just, um, you know, the, some of the stupid things that I did. Uh, uh, and and it, it, I, I just remember that I really had to dig deep to be able to write uh, my my experience of how I spent the first year out here, not knowing people, uh, working, you know, a job for a very long time. And then uh, it was actually cathartic when I finally finished writing it. But I found myself uh, cringing, um, very, very uncomfortable. But I think the main thing is I pushed through it and it, it was one of the best things that I wrote. Oh, that's awesome. For me, it's a little bit different of an experience I want to share. Um, what I... Um, Probably the most uncomfortable I've ever been when writing was when I tried to do it live in front of an audience. Mm. Um, this was at JordanCon. We were going to run in uh, a charity drive for world builders. Pat Rothfuss was the guest of honor at JordanCon that year. And I thought, we'll just do a kind of live writing session where I brainstorm with a crowd and start writing a story. And we did it uh, on Twitch um, and then Pat would stop by and answer some questions. And I thought this would actually be pretty easy for me for two reasons. One, in my class, we often do live brainstorming sessions where we come up with a story. Um, and so I thought, I've done this before. And number two, I'm not very precious about my early drafts. Um, I released Warbreaker, one of my novels, chapter by chapter as I wrote it. Uh, it doesn't really bother me for people to read unpolished work of mine. Um, and so I thought these two things would combine together. And I found it enormously uncomfortable uh, to be writing. For whatever reason, it was the the idea that there were now several thousand eyes looking over my shoulder at everything I did. And even when I present an unfinished draft to people, it's at least something that I, I'm aware of what it is, right? I'm comfortable with it. Mm -hmm. and I say I release this. As I'm writing, I'm not sure what's going to come out. I'm not sure you know, how things are going to flow, how the words are going to look. And it was really, really uncomfortable to the point that I, I've never done another one again. Uh, despite raising $1,000 for world builders, I think, during that, uh, that <laughs> session that we did, which was pretty good, um, it, uh, it shocked me by how uncomfortable I was. That uh, makes a lot of sense to me. That is, for me, one of the most violating feelings in the world is knowing that somebody's reading over my shoulder as I am writing. If my wife comes into the office or one of my kids comes in, I have to stop because I can't write while someone's looking. It, it feels so wrong. I don't know how to explain it. Um, some of my own experiences, the one, the one that I wanted to point out was um, my most recent novel, Ghost Station, which is a Cold War spy novel on Audible. There is a... Uh, not a sex scene, but definitely a fade to black, these people are about to have sex kind of a scene, which I've never written before. And even as lightweight and as preliminary as it was, it took a lot 
for me to put that in there. Um, you know, the explicit, this is what's about to happen. We all know it. Let's put it in this book. And maybe it's because I come from a primarily uh, YA background. Maybe it's because I am a very religious person. I don't know what it was. It was hard for me to write that. And it's interesting to me that it was harder to write that than to write all the grisly murder stuff that's in my horror novels. Uh, but there are certain lines that are harder to cross than others. And I think that's very individual. So as you were working on these, as you had to write these uncomfortable things we've been talking about, what did you do? How did you psych yourself up? Or uh, what did you tell yourself that says, it's okay, I can do this? One thing for me while I was working on this thing, um, like as it became uncomfortable, I had to keep telling myself, no one else thinks that this is awkward, right? Like no one is pointing and saying, oh, you typed that word wrong. How can you possibly, all of the things that were going through my head, they weren't true. Despite them being valid emotions, um, I could counter them with a little bit of logic and saying, look, this is, people are enjoying this. This is what they expected. Uh, when they when they showed up, and it, yes, it's uncomfortable for me, um, but it doesn't necessarily mean that it's a bad experience. Yeah, you know, for me, um, I I don't think I've still managed to write. I mean, though I write mostly middle grade, I did attempt a YA a few years ago in which I did want to write some sex scenes, but it was so badly written, and it. I mean, I'm luck. I'm I'm so glad that the book is not sold yet, but I. It was hard. So, you know, I started reading other books uh, to see how well they did it. And I love the way Diana Gabaldon writes her Outlander series. It comes so naturally. Her, I mean, her sex scenes are fantastic. And I was like, that's, I mean, I'm, I'm not cringing reading that because it's so well written and it's, uh, it, it just sounds so natural. Uh, all I can say is I have still not discovered exactly how to do that because, again, part of my culture is such that we, we did not have open discussions about this. We don't have talks about sex or body or feelings and stuff like that. So it's it's really hard, to, you know, as a writer to make myself do that. So, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm still struggling with it. And uh, maybe at some point in time, I might pull out my YA book again and see if I've become braver. But at the moment, I'm so glad that I'm in the MG world and I don't have to cross that line. <laughs> Uh, I want to ask Brandon, uh, speaking of, of sex scenes, I remember when you were kind of given the reins of the Wheel of Time, there was a lot of discussion about this online because the Robert Jordan books did have, I mean, not like erotica, but there were, you know, sexual situations, which up to that point, readers did not think that you could write that kind of stuff. And you know, outside of maybe one scene in the Mistborn series, you hadn't really written that kind of stuff. So how did, what did you do to kind of get into that, to, to ease yourself over that obstacle? You know, honestly, it wasn't hard for me. Um, I have a certain threshold that I just personally am not likely to cross. Perhaps that will change. Um, and Wheel of Time had never crossed that reading it for me right? Um, Wheel of Time does mostly fade to black um, with some, a little bit of explicit um, uh, things before, 
Um, actually way more uncomfortable for me. I'd say the most uncomfortable scene for me to write in the wheel of time was a different one, which is, um, there is a scene where a character, um, takes another character over his knee and spanks her. Um, maybe it's a woman <laughs> that takes a character over anyway. They, they, it's a, a, an intentional dispowerment of a female antagonist. And he had written for me to do this scene. I think I probably would not have put it in uh, if I were writing it today. Um, it just made me uncomfortable because I thought this feels like the wrong way to disempower a character. Um, but the, this is a book series kind of from another generation. And this sort of thing had been more common in the Wheel of Time. And it's not something that I commonly put in my books. Um, the sex scenes... You know, two characters consenting who are in love, uh, that never that didn't bother me, right? Now, I have different standards in my life, but I think that this is kind of what life is about. We we choose our lines and we think about them and we maybe change them as we go through life. Like that's what life is for. And someone having different lines from me um just means that they're, you know, looking at this differently. And uh certainly I didn't have a problem writing those scenes, but something like that, can that, does that make sense? Like, and in that mm -hmm. case, I think it's a different thing. I think looking back, cause I was a newer author then, I think I would have gone to Harriet and said, I just don't think this is the right way to disempower a character. Um, I would rather not put this in the book and see what she said. Um, so there's an example of something uncomfortable that I'm writing that I think perhaps should have nudged me the other direction. Um, and, um, and not had it be in the book. That is great. I definitely want to have a discussion about that. But first. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba -da -ba -ba -ba. We need to do our book of the week. Uh, and that's actually me. Uh, and I am doing not a book, but a role-playing game. Uh, this is one that some of you may have heard of because it has an Amazon series. It's called Tales from the Loop, uh, which is a really neat kind of 80s nostalgia weird science fiction game. Uh, and the reason that I thought it applied to this topic is because it doesn't have traditional hit points or damage or anything like that. But as bad things happen to your characters, you instead take conditions. And those conditions are um, things like upset, scared, exhausted, injured. And then the way that you get rid of those, the way you heal yourself is that you have to go and have a conversation, a meaningful conversation with an important person in your life, uh, which just feels like a really fascinating way in fiction to deal with those kinds of trauma issues and for players and, and authors to work through those through the kind of role-playing improvisation. So Tales from the Loop, uh, it's by Free League. It's a really great game. And that's All my characters would be dead by act two. <laughs> All right, so let's get back to what Brandon was talking about because I think that's really interesting. Uh, this discussion of you know everyone has lines they won't cross, and what I really think we're talking about in this episode is what happens when my characters have lines 
that are different from my own. I need, I have decided as an author that this person is going to use words that I don't use, or this person is going to do something that I would never do. And that makes me uncomfortable because those lines are different. So I want to ask first, how do you make that decision when you're writing a story uh, that you really want to include something that makes you uncomfortable? How and why do you decide that? Honestly, if if the thought crosses my mind that, you know, this story needs this and such scene, that's not the sort of scene that I'm comfortable writing because uh, because reasons. Um, but if I've had the thought that that is possibly the right sort of scene, then uh, the odds are pretty good, at least in this stage of my career, the odds are pretty good that I need to trust my instinct and acknowledge that this book needs me to write something I'm not comfortable with. Um, if after I've written it or after I've struggled to write it, I go back and look at it and feel like, no, this, this is wrong. This has changed the tone of the story or I didn't do it well, or I did it so badly. I'm not allowed to say I didn't do it well, <laughs> which I gave that two votes because that's what's most likely going to happen. Um, then I'll revisit it and, ah, I, I can't count the number of times in Schlock Mercenary I had an idea for a panel and realized I do not have the skill within the format I've created for myself to illustrate that the way my brain is illustrating it. So I'm going to move the camera. Um, you know, I've, I've made that compromise a lot of times because I'm not as good at things as I want to be. Uh, but I'll never get good unless I try to write the scene, unless I try to draw the picture, no matter how uncomfortable it makes me, so I can step back from it and say, well, that was miserable. Did I do it well? You know, I I got some very good advice uh, from uh, one of the mentors that I'd worked with on a previous novel called The Tiffin. And um, I, there were some scenes of violence against a child. And I was having a bit of uh, difficulty writing it. And one of the, my, my mentor at that time said, think of yourself as uh, an actor. You know, an actor sometimes has to do a lot of different roles and they just have to inhabit the character. So inhabit your character's skin and write from the character's perspective so that, you know, you basically have to forget yourself. You have to forget that you are the author writing the story. Inhabit what your characters are going through or the violence that is happening against your character and just write as honestly as possible. And and somehow removing myself from the equation and just writing from, you know, inhabiting that character's world helped me get through my barrier and write that particular scene. So sometimes you just have to do that. I don't know if that makes sense. No, it does. I think that's great advice. Uh, Brandon, do you have any... Uh... Last thoughts on this topic before we end? Um, you know, it is something that I've thought about uh, quite a bit as a writer. And it's something I had to be comfortable with early in my career. Uh, I've told this story before, but my, my younger sister, Lauren, my youngest sister, when I was writing Mistborn, I mean, the, the cursing in Mistborn is very light, but I don't just generally curse at all. Um, and my characters were, and 
I, why did I do that? It's because I, I often come up with fantasy curses in my books. Um, and in this particular book, it was a gang of thieves. And the fantasy curses were sounding silly uh, coming out of these characters' mouths. And it's something I'm very conscious of. If, in certain world building, you can make, and with certain fantasy words, you can make them not sound silly. But sometimes they just do, um, depending on how you're making them. And that was ruining the tone of the story. And I said, I'm just going to have to come to uh, our world swears uh, for these characters. And again, they're very light, right? Most people wouldn't even consider them curses. But my little sister was one of my beta readers at like age 14. And she crossed them all out uh, with a black marker. Um, <laughs> and she was super offended. And it was my first experience of this. People are going to be like, wow, Brandon is cursing. And right, like it is the, the weakest. But everyone, again, has their different lines. And so I had to kind of ask myself. And I said, well, you know. Um, it didn't bother me. I, I decided I was going to go forward with it. But, you know, there are certain curses I've just never used um, in my books. There are certain derogatory terms uh, for people that I just don't use. Um, and I don't anticipate myself ever using them uh, because of the, the way I don't like what those words add to our society. Um, and so I don't. And that's just kind of a personal choice on my part. Um, and so it's like I have two lines. I have a line of things that I don't generally do, but that I don't think actually are, you know, that it's not wrong for my characters to do. And then I have lines that I probably won't depict at least in explicit detail my characters ever doing um, because it's just not something that I want to write. And it's it's odd because I don't necessarily think these things are bad for other writers to write, um, but it's just not where I want to take my stories. Awesome. So let's give you some homework to finish up. Um, if you have decided that you want to put some kind of these elements into your fiction, but it's hard kind of getting over that first little hump, breaking the ice, um, here is an exercise. And for this one, I'm using swear words. I just want you to open a file and write down every swear word you know, every cuss, every bad word you can think of, put them into sentences, write them as dialogue. It will be uncomfortable, but it is going to kind of, like I said, it's going to break that ice a little bit. Then after that, delete the file, burn the paper you wrote it on, destroy it forever. It doesn't matter um, because it, it just kind of, once you've written them down once, then later it will be much easier. Anyway, that was our episode. Thank you so much for watching. You are out of excuses. Now go write. Writing Excuses is a Dragonsteel production, jointly hosted by Brandon Sanderson, Dan Wells, Mary Robinette Kowal, and Howard Taylor. This episode was mastered by Alex Jackson. If you aren't familiar with Locus Magazine, they're a long-standing and respected website, magazine, archive, and resource for science fiction, fantasy, and horror. Basically, they're the industry magazine for our genre. They also run the annual Locus Awards, a top-tier award that recognizes new, diverse, and excellent voices in speculative fiction. They tell the storyteller's stories through author interviews, book reviews, curated reading lists, international industry news, obituaries, and more. Locus has meant a lot to me, both personally and professionally. In my career, I've been interviewed by them, and I've also turned to them as a source of understanding who is involved in the industry.
Locus is holding their annual fundraising drive to keep their doors open, lights on, and future bright. I'll be contributing to their crowdfunding campaign by donating a cutscene, some original art, and a couple of other things like, do you want to do a one-on-one chat with me? So join me in supporting Locus.